Welcome to season three of the Student Leadership Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us again. We wanted you to know that the first six episodes of this season were recorded live in our studio at Lead the Generation Conference 2022. We had incredible guests that joined us for the conference, and so we decided to bring him right on to the Student Leadership Podcast. And if you missed the conference, go to our website, leadthegeneration.com, to get access to over 48 hours worth of incredible content. Hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo, what's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Student Leadership Podcast. Let's I'm go. joined here today by Sam McCullough, bro, and we're doing it live. So in case you're listening to this a little bit later, we are recording this episode live at Lead the Generation Conference, our third episode in season three. Let's Man, go. Off to a good start, and yeah. I will say... Fun fact. Yes. We finally did it, Sam. We, we were scheduled and canceled <laughs> with this dude so many times. It's, oh, it's so, we so we, fi- we were like, yo, you're just going to have to fly here and yeah. do it in person. That's the fly way. here. We cannot cancel it now. We're here. We can't, you, you, can't, you can't cancel and I can't cancel because we both did we it both in fairness. We canceled yeah. each other out. Wait, wait, where are you from, Sam? Where did you fly from? Oklahoma. Oh, Boomer Sooner? No. Okay. (laughs) That's all I know about Oklahoma. That's all I know. I don't know much either. Okay. So (laughs) so something we like to do, obviously, I didn't even know you're from Oklahoma. So welcome to Pittsburgh. Glad to have you. Um, Something we like to do on this podcast is just do a little icebreaker, you know, middle school, small group style, just to get to know one another. And Aaron, you can actually answer this one, too, because I think it'll be fun. So um, Sam. I don't do do icebreakers. Come on, bro. Come Come on. on. For the conference. I feel like we need to break some ice right now. For for the conference. Okay. So I was talking to Sam, you grew up kind of in a Christian household. And I was just thinking for those of us that are listening that also grew up in Christian homes, sometimes Christian homes can have some some rules that as you get older, whether you're in elementary school and you're a middle schooler looking back or, you know, you're in college and you're like, wait, there are some rules that you're just like, wait, mom and dad, why did we have this rule? So Sam, I want to know what's a weird household rule that you had to grow up with. It doesn't have to be Christian related, but that's what made me think of it. Definitely Christian related. So, you know, we grew up, yeah, very Christian home, like very, very Christian home. Like don't have, we were just joking about like, you know, like burn your secular CD. Yes. Like, we were literally having this is such a Christian conversation CDs. like the like what's the first secular song you were allowed to listen <laughs> like that's the most 90s Christian question I've ever heard you know mm-hmm. uh, but for me so like my family growing up so I, I'm 34 years old to some of you that's like a dinosaur or whatever I get it um, but <laughs> listen so like so so Simpsons was huge back then and it was oh, like we wanted to watch the Simpsons, Simpsons you know and so we would sneak in and it was on Fox so it was like on at a certain time you couldn't Netflix it so we would yeah. put it on and we'd be watching the Simpsons Simpsons and my parents were like no you cannot watch the Simpsons this is of the devil it's Satan yeah. but what we could do uh oh there we go check check good what we could do is we could watch Seinfeld Oh, <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, right? like that's super weird. So we could yeah. watch Seinfeld. So one time my sister barged in the room and she was like, hold up. Yeah. Why are we allowed to watch Seinfeld, Ooh, but not The Simpsons? She laid down out. the hammer. She called yes. it out. She was seven years older. But my parents' resolve wasn't, okay, we won't watch Seinfeld anymore. It was, okay, you can watch The Simpsons. <laughs> so like, we aren't going to lose Seinfeld. We can watch We're not the willing to now. give that up. So, you yeah, know, like- that was the weird one. Aaron, do you have any thoughts? I do. You grew up in a pastor's I do. And I remember when I snuck home my first secular song on a a cassette tape. Yes. (laughs) Yes. 
and uh, it was a uh, it was a song where it was a rap song, dude. Basketball is, is my favorite fa- sport. You know it. I knew Curtis, you would know it. Know. Curtis Blow. I like the way they drill whooping down the. Okay, I would. So I was like, I would listen to it really, really low on like, like my my little radio um, because I was like, I don't want anyone to hear. Turning it. it up and down. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. 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 Well, like I did hear footsteps. Like, yeah. Turn it down. Like, from my dad, yep. you know, and finally like, and then figured it out and came in and he was like, he actually was pretty cool about it. He was like, let's listen to the song. Yeah. And then you know he there was a couple words in it and he was like uh, he's like I'll let you listen to the song. Just don't repeat those words. There we go. <laughs> That's a there good we go. You know, here, I'll give you another, I'll give you one more. This is actually my wife's family, though. Mm-mm. My wife was not allowed to go to the movie theater at oh, all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ever. Oh. That's an old school. Yeah, you could thing. watch almost any movie you wanted in their home. Of course. It's <laughs> way more spiritual. Yeah. Wait, the first movie theater my wife, the first movie my wife ever saw in a movie theater was when I was a youth pastor and I rented out the entire theater to watch Passion of the Christ. Passion. So it was a rated R movie. <laughs> That's what I told her. I was Whoa. like, you know your first movie is a rated R movie, yeah. right? Oh, man. Okay, okay, okay. We could talk about this all day. <laughs> um, but Sam, we only have you for a little bit. So, so glad you came in. Thanks for flying in. Um, we typically like to talk leadership to help equip student leaders to reach their schools or their universities for Jesus. So what's a leadership principle you brought with us for today? Love it, man. First of all, I just want to say thank you guys for having me. Like it. Absolute honor to be here. This scene is crazy. Like what you all are doing is unreal. It's so cool. Love the global reach that's happening here. And it's an honor to be here. I work with Feed Youth Ministry, was a youth pastor for about 10 years. So I love youth pastors. Like I love, love encouraging youth pastors. And there's one little thing I just want to share with you guys. Was thinking about the life of Noah. Hmm. Like Noah is, you know, we love the story. It goes really great in kids' stories. It's cute pictures of the little animals. Y'all, that story was a tragedy. Everybody died. Like, can we just (laughs) say, like, it got, let's get, turn the lights down. Turn, where are the keys? Where are the keys? I need the keys right now. Spooky music. But, but like, that's such an intense, talk about rated R, like, everybody died. Like, it was a really intense story. And I started thinking about Noah's life and really started thinking about what led up to Noah being asked to be on the ark. Like, why, why Noah? Like, why was it Noah? We think about youth leaders, we think about youth pastors, like everybody wants to do something great with their life, right? right. For me, my wife and I, we were, we were married 10 years, just a couple months ago. We were going on a Congrats. cruise. Uh, I wanted to get fit. So like two days, two weeks before the cruise, I decided I'm going to intermittent fast so I can get the dad bod gone. What's not long enough. I'll just go ahead and say that. <laughs> two weeks. Um, yeah. Still have the dad bod. It's great. But listen. If you can we, make it happen in two weeks, you could market that and make a lot of money. I think sure, so. But. Surely. I could probably get a lot of Instagram followers for that. Yeah. But we think about, you know, a lot of times we want something that we see in somebody's, somebody else's life. Right. But we don't know the sacrifice that it took to get there. It's true. Right. So like you might even see some things happening on this at this conference. You're like, oh my gosh, I want to do that one day. You have no idea that what Aaron has gone through, the the struggles, the challenge, the hard conversations. Like, I'm not trying to have a therapy session with you right now, but I but, know but we could. <laughs> you've walked through it, right? Like you've yeah. walked through some things. So when you look at Noah's life, like why Noah? Man, we see really quickly in Genesis 6, 6 that the reason is, is because the Bible says that Noah was the only righteous man. Yeah. Like he was the only righteous man. Wow. I want you to think about that for a second. Like we live in a dark culture right now. Like people are doing, you know, whatever you want, whenever you want. It's getting tougher and tougher in, in, in the U.S. to be a Christian, like to be public. But Noah was it. Like he yeah. was the only, you want to talk about being like, people are like, leadership is lonely. Yo, talk to Noah about leadership is lonely. 120 years. Yeah. 
like the intensity. And so when I think about Noah's life, one thought, I have a few thoughts I want to unpack with you guys, but one thought is this, is that when you're obedient to God, it'll protect you and propel you. Ooh. So like when you live a life of obedience, so like youth pastor, youth leader, youth student, man, it's harder and harder to like really submit your life to Christ, to like live a life righteously, to follow God. Like that's getting more and more difficult. But I want to encourage you with this as a young person, when you're going into your schools, when you're around where everybody's doing whatever they want, you say, you know what? No, I'm going to choose to live my life for God. Like I'm going to choose to pursue God with everything. I believe this, that your obedience will protect your life. Look at Noah's life, protect yeah. his life, protect his family, and then propelled right. him. Him, and not just him, but the entire human race. Why? Because Noah chose to live a life of obedience. Ooh. And man, I think we have to talk about that more. Yeah. Is this living a life where we say like, you know what? No matter what the cost, no matter what it looks like, if I'm the only one that's going to do this, I'm going to live a life of obedience and following God. And, and Noah had, um, uh, the, the phrase is coming to my mind and I, I can't, I don't know. I probably heard it somewhere, but Noah had long obedience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where it's at. Yep. That's where it's at. You know, any, any of us can have a moment of obedience. Yeah. Or moments of, of obedience uh, or, or, or successive moments of obedience with yep. lots of gaps and failures in between. But Noah had long obedience. I mean, the faithfulness that it took for him to build an ark that took 120 years. Yep. He's building something that he's never built before. He doesn't even know what it is, really. I mean... They, the scholars tell Bible scholars say it had, they had never even experienced rain at this point yep. on the earth, and so Noah's building an ark for a flood, they, like having really no understanding of exactly why he's doing what God called him to do. That's so much of us living life as followers of Christ, yeah. just yeah. saying, God, I'm going to have long obedience to do what you've called me to do, even when I got a ton of questions about it and a whole heck of a lot of lack of understanding. Yeah. Long, long obedience is a different energy than quick, short obedience. Yep. Like the idea of being obedient to God for, you know, a whole school year feels so different than just like repenting of your sins at youth camp Come on. or choosing to like, you know, oh, I'm going to be done with this. That's that's a momentary decision and those are right. great and yep. God oftentimes starts there. But I'm thinking about that's a different mentality to yeah. have that kind of long-term obedience. Yeah. Man, so good. That's like you said, man, it's that faithfulness factor. Like where yeah. we don't we don't celebrate faithfulness anymore. Yeah. Like we don't, like when I do weddings even i'm like we don't celebrate like staying right. married like no, we need to celebrate faithfulness yeah. more so sam talk to students that are listening you know some of them are high school students it's the beginning of season three so some of them have just started going back to school yeah, or they're yeah, going yeah. back soon some of them are college students um maybe in a christian university maybe not in a christian university what are some practical first steps someone listening can take mm. to develop long obedience because it because you don't just turn it on yeah. You got to yeah. kind of build it up, yep. yeah. right? Like it's going to take more than two weeks of intermittent fasting, right? Yeah, come on, seriously. <laughs> Boom, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. still out. But so like how, how do, how, what are, but so we have to kind of break it down to a point where it's as a, as a listener and even for us, honestly, what do I got to just start doing and that's then good. keep doing on a regular basis? Yeah, that's good, man. I would say have a community and have a plan. Okay. You know, like really, when you have a community, I know for me as a high schooler, man, I had my life like radically changed in ninth grade, like radically changed, changed mm. me forever. But it also I was running with people, like people that were going the same direction, that were further along than me and people that could ask me the hard questions. And I'm going to be real, like in my life, I've chosen to go, I'm always going to have at least two people who knew everything about my life. Mm. Like that the door, I'm talking like- and you still wide, have that. Today. Still have that. Wow. My wife's one of them. My best friend, John is another. Wow. He knows every, like any detail- Doors open. Passwords yeah. to my phone, doors Love open. It. Yeah. 
That's so good. community's huge. And then having a plan, like wh- whether it's Bible reading plans, whatever it is, I'm not going to be prescriptive there, but have a plan, like That's have right. some sort of a plan for faithfulness. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now you said, you said you had a couple thoughts from Noah's life that you wanted to break down. So take us I to did, another yeah. one. We might, we might not get to do them all. I don't know. That's but okay. I, I, another one is really, this is that, you know, God's calling on your life. I, when I look at Noah's life, it's going to require both faith and focus. Mm. So like whenever God has something for you, it's going to require faith. Yes. And so I want to stop there for a second. We all are like in charismatic world, like, you know, big faith people. Come on. And like, we're all about like, just take a step of faith. You know, like it's going to take a bold step of faith. Faith looks foolish sometimes. I agree. I love it. And like, we do need to live with faith. You said it a second ago. We don't know if it had ever even rained or not. I mean, that was, you talk about faith looking foolish. Seriously. The dude was willing, he's building an ark. Like what is happening here? You know, that is crazy. Like that's bizarre. So there's things that you're going to have to do students that you are taking a step of faith. Like you're going like, I'm going to do something that maybe nobody's ever done before. Check that out. But an, but another thing is this, is that, well, yes, it's going to require faith. This is what I really want to lean to. It takes focus. So God asks him to do this, but then God gives him a plan. So Noah wasn't an ark builder. No. Right? <laughs> was he, was, was, do we have any evidence that Noah was an ark builder? There wasn't like a carnival cruise line that, you know, people are building arks in the <laughs> middle. He built like 10 arks before. Yeah, like, oh, let me just build another one. Right? A little bigger maybe. Just selling them out to everybody. Yeah, yeah. no, like, like he, he's doing something that he's never done before. So we look at Gen Z. Gen Z is the most educated generation there ever was. Yeah. And I'm going to say this to you right now. Youth pastor, youth leader, or aspiring leader, wherever you're at, Gen Alpha isn't going to get any dumber. You know what I'm saying? Yo, like, only going to get more educated educated. Right. And so for us as youth leaders and youth pastors, if we want to have a voice in the next generation, we're going to have to be willing to have focus. We're going to have to be willing. I like, like Terry Parkman was just on. I love Terry. I look up to him so much and he's so big on looking out into the future. And as a youth leader, it's going to require focus for us. God gave him a specific plan on how to build the ark. So he had it. He literally was learning and acquiring a new skill. So the question I would ask to any youth leader, That's any good, youth pastor dude. is honestly in your life right now, what are you doing to sharpen in a new skill to be able to continue to have a voice wow. in the generations that are following? That sounds like a good question for overtime, man. I mean, like well, yeah, we have well, a podcast after this where we break it down and that's that's something I'm excited to unpack. Yeah, that's absolutely. a good question. Yeah. Yeah, no. So what other thoughts did you have on Noah? Was there, was there You said he had a couple of them. Was there any more? Yeah, just the last one is this, is that it takes courage and commitment. So whenever God calls mm. you to do something, it is going to take courage. Mm. Like, again, this story is a tragedy. Like, everybody is going to die. That is, like, that, that's so intense. Like, yeah. we don't talk about that a lot. But yeah. imagine, like, his whole world. Yeah. Like, just think about that. Like, put yourself in his position for a second. Everything that he knows is as normal. Everything that's comfortable. Everybody he's ever encountered is going to die. Hmm. And it's going to take courage for him to go after this. But then once he gets on that boat and that door or whatever you call that thing, gate, closes. Right. Bro, that is commitment. Yeah. Like that is commitment where you're going, hey. We're all and so, in. so youth, again, student, youth leader, like w- what point in your life, where are you at where, A, you need to start building? Like what is something that God's calling you to build? Ooh. What's something, what, what arc does God have you to start building right now? Something's going to take courage. You might look like an idiot for a while, mm. but he's calling you to do it. And then, man, where, where are some areas that maybe you're kind of like toggling on the fence where God's saying, no, I need you to jump in. Mm. Like, I need you to get on the boat. It's time to sail. Quit looking back. Yeah. Like that old life is gone. We're moving forward. So where do you see, um, I, I understand the idea of like courage where it's like, I mean, everyone's going to die and that's like a scary <laughs> thing. Um, but I, I feel like, I feel like Noah also demonstrates 
courage in that he frequently has to kind of, I don't know, fend off the attacks and the making fun of and the teasing of people as he's building it. And I think that yeah. that takes courage too. Absolutely. Sometimes, you know, the idea of like, okay, God has called me to leave this friend group. That has a sting. That's going to be scary. But then the daily kind of going through it and living it out can sometimes be uh, just as scary as the initial sting of like the gravity of what you're being called to. And so I feel like Noah really demonstrates it there as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge, man. I think for, for all of us, we have to have this eternal perspective with life. Like we really have to, and we don't see that a lot. Like we don't talk about eternity a lot anymore, but our young people, like we have to have an eternal perspective that like, this isn't it. Like Mm. this isn't it. Yeah. And the other, the other thing is, is that other people's lives are on the other side of your obedience too. And so like, if we can live with that, where we know, like, I'm a big, I'm a big, like all in guy. Like you're going to hear that from me a lot. If we're around each other, like, it's like, no, like there's no turning back. Let's go. You know? And so like, God is calling a generation to go like, are you committed to go like, no matter what the cost, Luke talks about it. Jesus says, if you're not willing to, by comparison, hate everybody that's close to you, paraphrase that a bit, then you're not worthy of being my disciple. Are we willing to count the cost? I do think we've, we have really failed in American culture to give younger generations a generational perspective. Yeah. God is a God of generations. Come on. Can you explain what right. you mean by that? I think well, I follow Well, that. it ties in with what Sam just, you just said about, um, we don't talk about eternity enough, mm. right? And so we, we, we're not raising a generation that's thinking about this, what I'm living in now is just on this side of eternity. Yeah. And we're, and if you don't think that way, then you can't expand your thinking to realize God is not just working in me and in my generation, but he also wants to work through me for future generations, yep. right? So now if, when I begin to put all those thoughts together as a student, as a, as a college student, as a leader, I begin to, to see a little closer the way God sees humanity mm. and the way God sees the establishment and the growth of his kingdom, right? In that I have a part to play in my generation. It's yep. what the word says about David, right? Mm-hmm. He yep. served his generation, served his generation. And, then, and then he passed, yep. right? So it's like I, so all of us have a, a race to run in our generation. Uh, we are divinely and biblically uh, living during this moment in history because that's how God ordained it. Yep. Yep. And so that means that we've got a, a race to run and then we have a moment where we pass the baton to the next generation. Yeah. But the decisions you make affect the next generation. Yep. Back to your your text with Noah, Noah's decision has affected you and I. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Noah's decision affected all of humanity. The entire, uh, you know, entirety of the human race is affected by one man's obedience. Yeah, right. Uh, in the same way that all of the human race is ultimately affected by the the sacrifice of Christ. Right. You know, so like having a generational thought process, and, and um, I, mean, I just love this topic, and I I I try, like I try really hard, even when I'm like speaking to teenagers to help them understand, like. Your situation might not be ideal. Um, even worse, your situation might be horrible. Yeah. Tough family situation, broken family situation, lots of pain. Yet you still have afforded to you, which is given to every person in every generation, the opportunity to change the legacy moving yeah. forward. That's yeah, so great. It, for you, for your family, for your generation. So, yeah. like for students that are listening right now, I'll just let me just let me just preach here. You for a pop second. off, preach it, bro. You might be the first. To, to never to have your to have in your family, you might be the first to not ha- get married and have it end in divorce. Come on. Yeah, yep. You might be the first to finish high school. You yep. might be the first to get a degree from college. Come on. You know, you might be the first to not live in indebtedness. Yep. Do that. Yep. Get that long obedience working 
to your favor. And when you do that, you also have it working to the favor of the next generation coming behind you. Yeah. Okay, wait, wait. So I just, I thought of this. This is why I love having discussions about the Bible too, because it's one thing to read it, but it feels like things come alive more when you discuss them with your yeah. friends or, or whatever. When you think about Noah, God didn't say to him, hey dude, if you are faithful, then I'll have this really yep. cool story written about you about an ark. He was doing the dang thing and that's why God picked him. He was yep. already going after it. And that's why God said, okay, I'm gonna trust it. But he didn't know the ark story will sure. come. Sure. So he was faithful why? Yeah. Not for like the legacy. He was faithful to God just because, yep, right. because he loved God. And I think about that is just as miraculous to me yep. as the ark and the flood part. Yeah. It's like in where everyone else is not living for God. No, I was like, ah, as to your point, Aaron, well, that's not going to be me. Yeah, I'm going to be bro. different than the the rest of the world, yeah. which is which is kind of crazy to think about. Dude, I love it. And you know, really when you think about like the narrative of scripture and you look at any place in the Bible it's like famous now, why is it famous? Is it because of that location? No, it's because of faithful people. Yeah. It's because oh. people were faithful yeah. in that spot and yeah. now people remember that place forever, yeah. but it's because of somebody's faithfulness and like you said, they weren't doing it for that award, they were doing it because they were faithful. And, okay. And you mentioned this and I just want to I want to echo it because I think it's so important. We need to hear this. In every season of life, we need to hear this. 120 years of ridicule. Yeah. Jokes. People making, you know, people laughing. People being like, what are you doing? Bro, I you know can't I mean? handle a week. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I'm like, this is, God, it's too much. If yeah. you are going to have long obedience, students that are listening, leaders that are listening, if you're going to develop the muscle of long obedience, there will be times when people mock you. Yeah. There will be times when people make fun of you. There will be times in your school, on your college campus, maybe even in your home, where maybe, sadly, even in your church youth group, yep. there will be times where, oh, for sure. where people or your friends will just make fun of you because your faithfulness intimidates them or mm. or 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 your your faithfulness exposes their mediocrity. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I, I have a question. Um, something we like to do on this podcast, and Aaron, you kind of taught this to me, and I've seen it now, is we are trying to develop a Christian worldview in our students, where they look at Scripture and they, you know, they understand it in in light of their culture, in light mm -hmm. of where they're living. So you you unpacked a couple different principles. So maybe pick one of them. How do you see the one of the principles? that we just talked about through Noah's life and how it is kind of a countercultural mm. principle or how it can help students live in today's culture. Yeah, that's so great, man. I, we live in a world right now that it's like live your truth, right? Yeah. Like whatever your truth is, that's what it is. And right. man, what a fallacy. Like what a what a heartbreaking thing to tell a young person. What a confusing thing to hear growing up because yeah. your yeah. truth changes based on like the Taco Bell you ate. You know what I'm saying? Like your <laughs> emotions, a, like My truth everything. radically changes radically. if I eat Taco Bell. <laughs> so like- that's just like such a such a horrible thing to tell somebody. Yeah. And so when you look at Noah's life, like living, being the only righteous person alive tells us that he was like, no, I'm going to live God's truth. Like yeah. I'm going to live out no matter what, again, no matter what the entire planet, not just my school, not just my football team, like the whole planet can turn away from God and yeah. I'm going to stay faithful. So yeah. that you talk about a worldview, you talk about counterculture. Ooh. That's to me, that's the, that's the, that's the button. And there. that's the only way you get to long obedience is if, if it's built on a foundation and a commitment to truth. Yeah. Not my truth. Yeah. The truth. Right? Yeah. 
Dang, I, I guess that means the source with which we get truth, obviously, duh, but it greatly matters. Yeah. And and this is what's scary is I think for me, man, sometimes I can base how I'm doing not on the Bible, but on how I'm doing comparatively. Yeah. And honestly, even comparatively with good Bible-believing Christians. 100%. Like, oh, they're, they're doing this. I'm probably okay. And I'm not actually looking at the source of the Bible, yeah. but I'm like, oh, compared to my friends, I actually, you know, I cuss way less than them or sure. I watch way less trash. Like, I, So I'm doing okay. If Noah would have done that, yep. he might have been the smallest wretched right. sinner. Right. He might have been, you know, the tiniest evil person on the earth, but he still would have been evil if he was basing how he saw himself in God's eyes based on the people around or him. Or he yeah. would have ended up building a rowboat rather than an ark. Oh, Ooh. no. Not the rowboat. <laughs> but no, I just want you to think about this for a second, right? If Noah was basing his standards on the standards of those around him and, and the goal was just to be slightly better, then the end result is not yeah. long obedience that produces what God ultimately wanted him to produce. Yeah. But the 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 end result is short-term obedience. Come on. And then a pat on the back and say, well, I did more than everybody else. Yeah. Ooh, man. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it's good, bro. Sam, any final thoughts as we kind of wrap this thing up? No, man. I just want to say thanks for having me and to students. Like, just know you have a whole group of people who are cheering you on. Yes. Like, you have a whole group of people Amen. who are cheering you on. You are hey, not Sam, alone. Tell students and tell leaders how they can connect with feed.youth. Yeah. So Ooh. if you go to feed.bible. You'll find everything that you need. Follow us on Instagram, Feed Youth Ministry. We'd love to connect with you. If you DM us, I may or may not be the person that's responding. So we'd love to connect (laughs) with you guys and uh, check us out. Dude. And for the for the youth pastors that are listening, just like fifteen seconds on like what do you guys do? Yeah, so Feed offers free. Free youth ministry resources. Okay, free so with two syllables. With with two. For yeah. You got to yeah. say it right. Yeah. For real. <laughs> but listen, so free, and it's all about scripture engagement. We want to help you help your young people engage in scripture. If scripture is our number one discipleship tool, yeah. then yo, we got to figure out ways to help young people Love get it. to the truth the right yeah. way. Dude, hey, it was worth the wait. I know it took us a little while to get you on there, but so Absolutely. worth the wait. I'm going to be thinking about that no story for a long time. So thanks so much, to Sam, for joining us. And now we're going to.